Hello, hello. On the weekend prior to MLK Day, I wanted to do a quick little show about some pop culture things that I've been interested in that I would say are for the culture. Hi everyone. I haven't read anything worth recording about yet, so stay tuned. But I have listened to and watched one thing and one thing that I um, thought were interesting. One that I highly recommend. One that you know, if you like this artist, you should totally listen to, um, or if you want to just see if I was right, or see if it resonates with you, you should listen to. So, listening. Jasmine Sullivan. Beautiful voice, quite the songstress. She also writes her own music and does not just sing songs written by other songwriters. Um, for you music heads out there, um, she... I'm trying to think of who she reminds me of. Um... There was a voice that I had in my mind that I now cannot recall name-wise. But uh, if you listen to Kate Renata, who is a, a Canadian um, DJ, a musician, who has wonderful dance songs that he kind of often samples from older R&B and just kind of all over, not to mention his really incredible beats that he makes himself, there is a song that she sings on with him. Anyway, I've been hearing the buzz on the internet about her new album, that came out called Ho Tales, Ho spelled in the French way. <laughs> and I decided I'd give it a listen. Um, I think I've, I've heard some of her other music before, uh, but I don't recall. And maybe I should have listened to a prior album to compare the subject matter from that album to this one. And if I, this is her shtick, then, you know, don't give me a hard time. And clearly this is just the way that she writes. But if it's not, um, so Hotels is, I would say, a concept album working its way through uh, failed relationships, attempts at love and connection, sexual gratification, and then scattered throughout little confessions or stories or even um, conversations between women about men. And maybe one relationship that was um, her relationship with a woman. So I, I don't know if she's bisexual or pansexual, but that's one story as well, which interestingly might be the one in which she actually seemed the most emotionally invested. Maybe there was a safety issue there. Uh, it, it, it's interesting. I don't know her backstory, but I was sad. So I didn't know what to expect. So I started listening to the album and I was like, oh yeah, voice is awesome. Writing is witty. Writing is very raw, very much matter of fact. I take no issue with that. But what I did take away in the authenticity of the writing is one of two things. Either she is incredible at putting herself in the body of a character that she's made up in her head, or she has had a really rough go of relationships, like just self-destructing and self-imploding and blowing things up. And then also like this not being able to uh, find, which it seems that she wants, a man who will take care of her. She has a back, well, at least the character of this album has a backstory of, of poverty. And so she wants to be taken care of. But this is clearly a stream of consciousness because she wants to be taken care of, but then she also wants to be respected and she wants to be able to do her own thing um, and be able to take care of herself and not have to answer to people. So this tension between these two worlds is, is interesting. And she vocalizes, of course, you know, 
um, the desire of, I would think, most women of the heterosexual variety uh, who desire um, a partner in a man who is strong and stable and dependent while also kind, compassionate, and sensitive, which shouldn't be that hard to find. Um, however, incredibly so, who also is uh, emotionally intelligent enough to communicate needs and wants and vulnerabilities. What a concept. What I did find interesting was a point in the conversation where pretty much, I don't know if it's older women, maybe it is, who say, or maybe it's women, I guess I'm not that young anymore, <laughs> who, are, who are in their, you know, in, the, in their adulthood, not like young 20-somethings, but really like right in the middle of adulthood saying that what is marriage but just legal prostitution. They go back and forth about how sex is used as manipulation for men to get what they want. And I find it fascinating that the women are candidly saying this as if it's just the way things are. At the same time, there is this need or want for sexual gratification for themselves, men doing things the way they want them to, but also used as a tool, which I guess then is a both and and not an either or. I often think in binaries, so I'm processing this as I say it out loud. But I just kind of sat there while I was driving, listening, and I was horrified because I, you know, of course you hear this, that this is the way people handle sex and relationships, um, particularly of the committed sort. And it's just sad that we have allowed, one, for this to exist. That men let themselves be bamboozled by women in these ways, and that women do it. And then this is why... This is why, like, that sexist power, what's that Janelle Monet song? Everything's about power, everything's about sex except for power. I forget the, the, the framing in that album that she did um, with pink on it and everything, but there's a song where she has this refrain about sex being power. And while I think about that dynamic, particularly when we talk about violence or we think about sex as transaction, that that is power, but I feel that when you're talking about two people, and this is the caveat of, of sex with people who actually are serving the other person's good, not just for their own body's appetite, which I know my worldview might be a bit antiquated for people, but I have a strong suspicion that it might be the one that gives you um, less headache and probably definitely less heartache. That, um, that yeah, that, that it shouldn't be power. Like, if it's an appetite like food, we like to eat. I mean, I guess you can, you, food can be used for power, too, and it can be abused, and it can be, you know, held over someone's head, and you can entice people with it. But, you know, I just, it's an interesting, I, I got to sit with it more. So if you have thoughts, and you listen to it, and you listen to this podcast, tell me what you think. And married folk, tell me what you think. Because I'm sorry, I'm just going to say, if that's the way people negotiate their sex lives and their marriages, that's highly damaging and disturbing. And I don't know what we expect for the youth and the young people to know about having healthy relationships physically, emotionally, spiritually, if we're using power and partnerships. I just got to put that out there. And on a light note, for things to watch, if you have Netflix, watch Lupine. If you don't um, like reading subtitles, it's in French, then you can have it cheesily dubbed in English. I would recommend you have the subtitles. Um, it is a five episode 
arc, but I think the remaining five are coming soon. I hope they are with an actor, Omar C. He um, is a French actor. Um, and the premise is a young man avenging the false imprisonment of his father when he was a teenager who was accused of stealing an heirloom from a very wealthy French family. But you know, corruption abounds. He's um, a Senegalese immigrant, uh, the father and son. Arsène is the name of this, of this young man. But his father instills a love of reading, particularly um, of the, um, I just forgot the, the, the name of Lupine, Lupine's first name. Anyway, of Lupine, who is a gentleman burglar. And now I have to go and read these books. Kind of like the French version of maybe like Hercules Poirot or Sherlock Holmes or something. Um, but he's, you know, all about sleight of hand and, and um, now you see it, now you don't. But because he's black and it's France, and we know that there's all this racial tension um, in Europe because of immigration, you get to see kind of this political commentary on the interactions of the immigrants who come over to, you know, the former colonizing countries to claim their due, right? And the interactions between them and the, and the like, white Europeans who live there. Um, the underworld of, of, um, of crime, uh, the way that money corrupts every sector of life and can, get, can literally help people get away with murder and not pay the consequences of the things they do. And that the only reason why people are in prison is because they just get, they're poor, <laughs> not because they're any worse, which let's just be honest, that is the history of America as well, in the large part. Occasionally we make examples of people, but for the most part, we separate crime into white collar. And if you didn't you know, pull the trigger, but you called the, you know, the person who called the person to pull the trigger, you could often get away with, um, you know, with murder. And paying off you know, police officers and, and being involved in, in espionage and international terrorism and how the wealthy get paid from that. And there's a line that um, Arsene says a few times, um, you saw me, but you did not look at me. So the idea of being overlooked and underestimated when you are hyper-visible, but also invisible. And as a tall, striking black man, he, he has a way of being able to do both, and it's fascinating. So I highly recommend it. Uh, it's great, and uh, it is a, a wonderful chaser to the album that I recommended. So. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. The Petite Polymath, a little short episode from Brit. Take care.